welcome to episode nine of the Horror Stands podcast. I'm Steve. Hi, I'm Matt. And today we will be talking about 1996's From Dusk Till Dawn. A Quentin Tarantino joint. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't realize at first going into it. Only when I saw the credits, I was like, holy shit. Or, yeah, when he appeared on screen. Yeah. Like, I mean, you knew who Quentin Tarantino, what he looked like, right? Did no. you really that's Quentin or no? No. Oh. I learned afterwards. I was oh, like, oh, like shit. Like, during the opening actually, credits? Yeah. But, like. Because I said, I think opening credits had screenplay. So, I was like, oh, okay. But, so, you obviously knew he wrote it. But, like, yes. did you know that it was him acting? No. Until even afterwards, did you know? Well, if you looked at, did you look up anything after? You're like, oh, he, he played a major role in the movie, just, too. Just the. The end credits, I realized it. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Way over my head. Once again, that facial recognition thing just is not there for me. Uh, it, it is not. <laughs> At least you're consistent. Yes. But yeah, I've always enjoyed this movie, so I'm guessing you you didn't know anything about this movie. I knew nothing about I didn't know. I, I told you to go in blind mm-hmm. to this one. Don't watch the trailers. You I mean, you usually don't watch the trailer. Nope. nope. Don't pay attention to the poster or anything. Don't look at pics because, yeah, this movie takes a bit of a turn if you don't know what to expect. Yeah, I loved this movie. This and Jennifer's Bodies are probably my top two films so far that like we've done that I've really just been engrossed with. House of Wax Shade. Poor House of Wax. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying I didn't enjoy House of Wax. We did. I just like to make fun of it. <laughs> it's a good movie. Um but yeah, no, I'm glad you like that. Like, this is just a gory, super gory, yeah. badass, good time. It reminded me a little bit of Boondock Saints with the brothers. I don't know if I've you've ever never seen, seen Boondock that. Saints, okay. and I never have any intention to. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it'd be Boondock your kind of Saints film. has got its stands though. People love the Boondock, Boondock Saints. There's only there's two. There's two of them. Movies, yeah, oh, brothers. <laughs> uh, I think there's. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You're such I a just, big fan. I saw the first one and that was it. <laughs> you said you were like, it doesn't need a sequel. So kind of one like done. The Ring. Exactly. It didn't need a sequel. <laughs> watching this, you know, I thought, why the hell are we watching this movie? This doesn't, this nothing at all. Do oh, before. so like the first half were you like into it, but just wondering what the hell. Yeah. Did, did, maybe you're watching the wrong from dust till yeah, dawn. Yeah, I thought, like, did I get the right thing? No, I think I had it here. Is I that had... why you texted me? When's, when's the horror happening? Yeah. No, you didn't. But... <laughs> yeah. No, it was like, like, even check the year. What did I get? Was it, was I supposed to watch from dawn till dusk or something? Like, I didn't know. So, like, like but you knew something must have happened, must happen yeah. eventually, right? So, so you're just, you had no idea it was yeah. going to be what it was. Yeah. And then when it, finally happened my jaw hit the floor i was like what the fuck? it, it kind of comes out of nowhere yeah. which i think is brilliant yeah it was great and and we were talking about this a little earlier uh you know off the podcast normally for my notes i i have at least two solid pages and i'm running out of room for this movie i have one and a half pages only because i was so engrossed and what was happening and i had to remind myself I gotta talk about this later. I gotta, I gotta write some stuff down. Literally, the only thing that your notes say is "titty twister." Titty, right? the, the titty twister bar and <laughs> Selma Hayek dance. Oh, I didn't know we'll her. Get, we'll get into that. I did. I didn't know her. You were like that, Selma. But that's Selma from Grown Ups. <laughs> it's sad that that's the movie you associate. I'm sure she would be very thrilled. It about wasn't. That. She, it's not Frida. 
the movie? There's a movie? <laughs> no. Or Eternals? No. I haven't even watched the Eternals yet. No. That's probably the only oh, Marvel movie Marvel. I haven't seen. Oh, Did you watch Eternals? I, I forgot that was a Marvel. I, I, I think everybody forgot met. about I, that movie. I, I thought that was like another horror movie. No, it's an MCU movie. Yeah, no, you're right. No, I forgot that was a thing. That's next episode. We'll do the Eternals. They'll be on True horror, as some people said in their <laughs> reviews. Uh, but yeah, I don't have too much background information in this, but it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. You know, he was kind of known for doing 1992's El Mariachi because he made it on a 7,000 budget, like peanuts, basically. And I guess it's supposed to be great, great action, well-produced, well-edited. Like, And he does like editing all as himself, like... When I think of Robert Rodriguez, I think of like Scrappy. Mm-hmm. Like he does, he does it all basically. Um, like then he did Desperado with Antonio Banderas in '95. Uh, Salma Hayek was also in that, I think too. Then personal favorite of mine, The Faculty from '98, of course, because it's written by Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. So there's my Scream reference for this episode. <laughs> um, but, Stay tuned for more. Yeah. So I definitely think he was a very good director. I mean, did, did Sin City too, but then he started getting kind of obsessed with the CGI and green screen, which, you know, I don't know. I miss I miss the Robert Rodriguez from like these days, like the, from Dust Till Dawn days, <laughs> the practical effects. Um, written by Quentin Tarantino, of course, you know, mm-hmm. might you might have heard of him. Um, after Pulp Fiction... I think he actually wanted to direct this, but then he decided he wanted to concentrate just on the script and his acting. So, but yeah, and this is, yeah, just a fun movie. I love the violence in it. It was great, very action-y. When I, when I brought it up, it, they, that's what they had, action horror. I was like, oh, okay, this is. So the first half, you're like, okay, this is kind of action-y, like um, just a movie about criminals yeah. holding people hostage. <laughs> it's very wild wild west like uh, that's what i really like very about yeah it. desert yeah. and yeah we start with this opening scene we get like this very long scene between like the guy who works at the the little convenience store mm-hmm. gas station thing and like the officer who comes in they're just talking on and on and you're just like where is this going and then we realize that the gecko brothers are there yes, the holding everybody brothers. hostage and we get george clooney like fresh from you know he was very famous for a show er so i think this was his first big movie during that time i think the last george clooney film i saw was with him batman and robin no <laughs> iconic it was was he with sandra bullock in that space movie yes yes that's, gravity yes, yes gravity so that's the last george clooney movie that i saw and it, it's just quite a difference in characters we're going from gravity who is he directs a lot now actually and not they're not that good from what i understand um from dust till dawn 2 maybe we can get instead actually oh no there was a from dust till dawn 2 and 3 maybe 4 maybe just 3 direct a video though oh so no no tiffany amber Thiessen was in the second one i remember that so big step up from this movie but no george clooney return (laughs) Definitely not. <laughs> like I'm staying away from that dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, but the opening scene's a lot of fun. Like I like the they're shooting at the the attendant, and then 
he's still like firing at them when he's on fire. Like he falls on the the popcorn and the popcorn's popping. Just like the little touches like that. And when they're walking out of the the place and it's just exploding and they're talking like not even paying attention to the explosion. Very over the top. Right. (laughs) It's just another day for the Gecko brothers. Yeah. And I thought it was just genius how the brothers worked together to ultimately, you know, kill the gas station attendant. Um, they're shoot. They're having their little shootout, and they you automatically get this relationship. Yeah, like he, like Quentin plays like the hothead, like unpredictable. Mm-hmm. George Clooney's more chill, mm-hmm. and like he has to like calm his brother down all the time. Like you automatically get like mm-hmm. where where they're who these people are, right. basically. Right. So you know we have we have the setup. We get the liquor bottles behind the gas station attendant, and that's He's like when, shoot the bottles yeah. out. Yeah, George they work as a team. Yeah, George Clooney's character thinks about the situation, analyzes it, figures out how they can get out of this. Shoot the bottles. So then we have Quentin's character Richie, I believe. Yes. Uh, he shoots the bottles, and Seth, George Clooney's character. Uh, lights some toilet paper on fire and throws it to the uh, giant. They, they have a bottles. system. It's great. They've, they've done this before. I will say though, just watching that first scene, I got strong of mice and men vibes. Which I don't I, know if, if you've read or seen I, the movie. Or read the I read the, the book in yeah. school, so it's yeah. been a minute. But yes, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, so I was like, okay, some some. This movie was inspired by. Of mice and men. I could see <laughs> this it. is a remake. This is the the film <laughs> adaptation. They just put a little twist halfway through. I could see Quentin doing that. <laughs> I I actually totally could. Yes, <laughs> but um, I like the opening credits too. I'm a sucker for opening credits that like the title goes from the bottom of the screen to the top for some reason. So that's my favorite part of the Conjuring movies. I know I shade the Conjuring movies, but oh. I don't know. There's something very dramatic and cool about that, and like just them in the car, like. Richie's got like the hole in his hand and mm-hmm. like you see like um there's like a fade in of the woman in the trunk so he's they have a hostage in the mm-hmm. back this poor lady I believe she's one of the bank tellers which when the cop first goes to the gas station before the whole shootout you hear it on his radio about these killers oh that's right that's a good touch yeah, yeah. which I didn't realize at first I was like oh it's just radio and then I had to go back and I was like wait oh that's that's them, the Gecko Brothers. Right. So not only have they robbed a bank, but they've also killed a few sheriffs or cops, and they ran over someone, I believe, and also taken a hostage. So they do they escape from prison? Is that or are they just? Seth has been broken out by Richie. Richie somehow breaks Seth out when Seth, I think, I'm leaves the courthouse. He has the smarts to be able to pull off something like that, but that's true for Rick for Richie's character. Yeah, I'm very impressed by him. <laughs> Didn't know he had it. In him. He was able to pull it together for Seth, and you can tell Seth is just this high-headed. Well, not nearly as high-headed as Richie, but he's just got this tough guy, macho attitude. You see it with the the innkeeper there. Oh, I love the when he's like. The guy comes out like he's like, "What the hell do you want?" He's yeah. like, "What the fuck do you think I want? I want a room, you, yeah, you old bastard." <laughs> it's yeah. So funny. Yeah, Seth is not taking any shit from anyone. But I do find Richie, somebody like Richie, scary to me though. Like the unpredictability yeah. of somebody, and 
just what he does to this poor bank teller, I find actually pretty disturbing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, come on, come on, just, just, just sit on the bed, just sit on the bed. Like mm-hmm. you just feel so bad for this lady. Yeah. And then, you know, I think, um, George Clooney's character, which brother is that now? That's Seth. That's Seth. Mm-hmm. Seth goes out to get some burgers or something mm-hmm. and then comes back to a bloody mess. Yeah. And I like the, fl- we just get like the flashes of the blood, which was very The Shining. Yeah. I definitely think that was inspired by The Shining. And he's just, really? I just leave for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and this is what happens? You can't do this shit. Like, mm-hmm. And he, Seth even says, like, you know, this isn't me. This is not how I do this. It's It's like maybe they've, perhaps have wrapped something before and they have a system and it's just not working out for every reason this time. And before Seth leaves, he has this great understanding with this woman. Like she knows not to do anything. So when he comes back and realizes she's been killed, he blames it on the woman, right? Like she tried to do something. Yeah. She Rich, tried to yeah. escape or something. And we know that's not true. Exactly. But I love like on the, on the TV, they're watching the news and they mm-hmm. see about themselves. Like the cops are looking for them. Mm-hmm. We get a cameo from John Saxon from a nightmare on Elm street okay. and, um, Kelly Preston, um, RIP. Um, but they're like the, the death toll is this number. And we see like the, the count kind of tally up on the screen. It's an alarming it's number. Really funny though. Yeah. S- sensationalized news basically. Yeah. One of the little touches that they had that was like funny as Richie is coaxing the, their hostage to the, to the bed. You see a quick glimpse of the TV, and he's watching a cartoon. It says smoked hams, and it's just pig smoking. I thought that was pretty. Oh, I didn't even funny. catch that. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's just a that's funny touch. Very Quentin. But then we're we're introduced at this diner to the family. Like we got Harvey Keitel playing the father, like this ex priest, Julia Lewis as the daughter, and then we have the son Scott, I think. Um, and you know, obviously like the, the wife has died and they're just Mm. with the father, there's tension there Mm. and they kind of wish he would be a past pasture again. The pastor, pastor, pasture. He's not out to pasture. He's not. Well, later on, Uh, maybe he will be. (laughs) Um, really this movie is just about a man finding, uh, finding his faith again. If you think about it, (laughs) right. This is just a nice religious movie uh, very family friendly yeah. <laughs> it does have it talks about family the strength of a family's bond you know kind of thing yeah so this uh their father has kind of renounced his religion after his wife has passed and like like you said you know the, the kids are kind of questioning him are you sure and he says you know kind of like yes he's lost his faith and where exactly are they going do you remember the brothers, the the family here. They're going on some vacation. Are they? I don't know. I actually don't know. I just know that they they're stopping at a hotel and the kids are not having it. Like they're like we have the RV, <laughs> right? They're like I don't want to stop yeah. stop at some flop hotel. Some roach is disgusting. Yeah. And he's like, oh, as long as it has you know four walls and a bed, like that's all we need. Yeah, that's his. That's the father's thing. He just wants a bed, which I I can understand that. I get you. I get you, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I want a nice good night's sleep, too. And that's when they run into the Gecko Brothers at this yes. same hotel. These characters all converge here. So they hold them hostage. You know, we get some interesting dialogue. <laughs> 1996 dialogue, which we won't repeat. <laughs> yeah, this scene was very, this was creepy. I thought, is this is this the horror aspect? Is it a psychological horror thing going on here? I, I mean, 
there's actually some people that don't like this movie because they think it should have just stayed as like an actiony drama, whatever. Yeah. You know, with just these following these characters without the horror element. Uh-huh. I mean, they it could be a thing, but they, it could have worked that too. Because yeah. the first half, I do enjoy the first half too. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't just like the horror stuff, but. I, I would have absolutely watched that. But I, it does I make this it one. stand out, and what makes it special is the fact that it does turn into what it turns into, right. which we'll get into. But Again, you have Seth just taking control of the entire family and giving orders, giving direction, and essentially takes the family hostage. Right, and he's basically just like, if you just do what we say, you'll get through this, just... Don't, just be chill, just be cool, and it'll be fine. He doesn't want any problems. And one of the, what I thought was really weird too is when they just stick the gun in Scott's mouth. I mean, this is a kid, and they're like right up in his face. That was like really odd. Like these guys, these brothers are not messing around. I mean, they're they're bad people. <laughs> they're yeah. very bad people. Yes. Yeah. And obviously, Richie has got some his eyes set on Julia Lewis's characters. He's you know thinking there might be something there between them, which is totally in his head. He's oh, got yeah. some. He's got a lot of issues. This guy. <laughs> and Again, so, that's what kind of makes him scary is just how unpredictable mm-hmm. he is. And earlier on the the TV where they're when they're talking about the Gecko brothers, we do learn that Richie has had some committed some sexual crimes. That checks out. Yeah. And it's like a little touch like that. Like we He's like leering at her yeah. in the van too. He's like, Is it is it true what you said back there in the yeah. hotel? She's like, What are you talking about? Yeah, and you and now you realize oh Richie can't really tell reality from what's in his head. Like there's this guy is something's going on. Right. And then, you know, George Clooney is talking to the father and he's like, you, you can see how Richie's looking at your daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make you feel too good, does it? So you guys better behave, which yeah. is, you know, a pretty scary threat. And we have a nice little heart to heart with Seth and Jacob, too, where they kind of get into each other's. Well, Seth gets into Jacob's past about his wife. Learns about him, and we learn the wife just died in some freak car accident. It's kind of a nice touch. But right. then throughout Jake, the movie, they kind of get to understand each other, a bit, yeah. which is nice when you see like this horrible, horrible guy, basically. And it's kind of conflicting because yeah. you do end up kind of liking him. Yes, you end up liking him despite him being a terrible guy. Yeah, this reminded me kind of like Breaking Bad, where. You know, the main your one of your main characters is not necessarily necessarily doing the right things or being a bad person, but you're rooting for them. But you know they're bad. Which why are you rooting for you? Then you think why are you rooting for a bad person? And just the way it makes you root for a bad person, I love that. So it's very Quentin Tarantino yeah. too. So then we have Seth, Rishi, and the whole gang. They're all at the border now. Border Patrol is coming up to them, and they ask the father, "Who do you have with you?" And the father goes, "Oh, it's just me and my son." Then they hear some commotion going on in the bathroom. Seth and Rishi are getting into an argument. Seth knocks Rishi out and he falls to the ground. And that's what the Border Patrol cops heard. So then he goes on to the RV. Oh, and the Border Patrol guys played by Cheech Marin. Um, I think from Cheech and Chong. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, he plays three different characters in this movie, actually. This, oh, wow. Yeah, he's here. He's the guy who George Clooney beats up in front of the titty twister. Okay. Who's yep. going on and on about the female um, 
parts. Um, I'll just say that then <laughs> all, he's all the, the different yeah, kinds, <laughs> uh, many varieties. And then he's the guy at the end who busts through the door, like his he's kind of boss kind yeah. of guy. So <laughs> he's a uh, yeah, a jack of all trades, man of many talents. <laughs> so he ends up going on the every and and I don't know at this point, but well before this, the father and son are have are talking about what to do in the situation. The son says, you know, haven't you seen these crime documentaries? They always say, you know, tell the cops. The father's like, no, I, I got this. I'm in control. Too risky. Yeah. yeah. And, and the son says, no, they're in control. The it's kind of like, suspenseful. No, I'm running the show. So you don't know what Shut they're going to quite do. Yeah, Scott, like, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> so then the Border Patrol uh, cop goes on the RV, knocks on the bathroom uh, door, and... You know, the cop knows that it's just Jacob's daughter in there. And she says, you she's know, just pretending to pee. Yeah. Or she might have actually been peeing. Yeah. You she's got to go. You got to go. But she's sitting on the toilet and the Border Patrol guy just lingers it's for very creepy. A little too long. It was a little weird. It was a little weird. Yes. <laughs> and he, he I mean, he first of all, he just opens the door when she already says she's in there, which is weird in itself. But then when he closes it, he closes it slowly and you just see his face like like <laughs> looking in as much as he can while it's being closed. It's very, very That's weird. It's very awkward. He needs to be fired yeah, immediately. Guy, yeah, this guy would have been canceled <laughs> in this day and age. <laughs> That's right. Let me tell you. But all's well and they make it past Border Patrol. They make it past Border Patrol and make it to... The iconic Titty Twister. Titty Twister. <laughs> Were you expecting to see this Titty Twister? No, I was not. Like, it's just the production design is so amazing to me. Like, it's just, I mean, you got like the neon lights, you mm-hmm. got the fire, there's like flames everywhere, there's bikers just like bikering or whatever, <laughs> bikering everywhere. I, I loved everything about the Titty Twister. I would like to go to the titty twister i'd have a great time with the titty twister it, it looks like a fun time but we're not welcome because we don't own a truck yeah we're not truckers we're not <laughs> like it seems like they would cut into their business like just letting those people in like oh you should open it up to everybody they're motor vehicleist <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah this is then we get the scene where the guy's going on about the the varieties of stuff. And of, if you've seen the movie, of, you know what I'm talking about. The varieties of different females that are available at the Titty Twister. Do a shot every time he mentions a different variety. You, now you'd be in a hospital. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like when they go in and then we get, like, um, the circular shot that goes, like, all the way around the Titty Twister mm-hmm. back around to the characters, like giving us a great sense of geography. Yeah. And again, the production design is just on point. So at this point, like, were you still like, what, what's, what's going on? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. When is some sort of horror psychological horror, this movie? Yeah. I was, still, I was still thinking, you know, it's, we're going to be in like Richie's head. He's going to, maybe we're just doing it. a thriller this episode. I was thinking me, yeah. I, I, I was unsure of where this was going, but I did see, you know, like I said, action slash horror. So I was like, okay, it's got to be a little something more than just psychological. But yeah, just seeing everyone at the Titty Twister, all the different walks of life that go to this kind of bar. It's scary there, though. Like, if we were there. It's intense. We would not live. We would not. <laughs> I don't think we would fit in. No, we wouldn't. But it'd be really cool to go and just experience it. They for should a make bit. a real one of these. I don't know if they'd get away with it now. Please, please uh, 
listen to our podcast so we can open the titty twister. <laughs> yeah, we get like all these different variety of characters. Um, G- the guy uh, is a sex machine sex with the, machine. The, the, the the crotch pistol. <laughs> it's so funny that one guy like puts a pulls a switchblade on him, right? Yeah. And then the camera pans down to his little penis area. And there's like a gun <laughs> gun that comes out. Yeah. And the sex machine is played by horror icon Tom Savini. Who I'm sure you don't know who that is yet, nope. but like he did the effects for the original Friday the Thirteenth, like groundbreaking. Like he's you know considered oh, like an okay. icon the wall. in the horror. The what? The wall scene. Oh, that's Nightmare. No, on that's Street. Nightmare. Yes. Out. Oh, <laughs> I was so ready to impress. One of these days, Bam. you're gonna know all of these horror deets, Matt. I'm, We're I'm, getting. There. I'm gonna have them right off the top of my head. But and also the guy playing the guy who posed the switchblade is played by Greg Nicotero, who's also now. a a famous he did the effects on this movie so it was kind of like special effects guy versus special effects guy in the scene oh which is fun and yeah. greg nicotero he does all the effects on the walking dead he directs a lot of episodes mm-hmm. of that but yeah there's just a lot of fun characters um danny trejo mm-hmm. who did machete which robert rodriguez directed machete kills i haven't seen either of those movies i'm sorry um like he plays like the bartender who's like, you guys need to get out. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't truckers. And then Harvey Cantal's character kind of helps the situation, right? Like he's like, why are you guys fighting? Like I have an RV. That's mm-hmm. a kind of a truck, right? I'm I got a, a license. <laughs> I'm a trucker. I have a class two license, whatever. Is he really though? I've been like, no, that's not really a truck. <laughs> I wouldn't call him a trucker, but it's enough for Danny Trejo. But it gets Gets them out of the sticky situation, yeah. and um, Seth appreciates that. So there's yeah. kind of like a nice moment between them. Yeah, they have a nice bond that's starting to form. And Jacob just lays it out for Seth. You know, you told us to be cool here, and if you were going to fight that guy, right. it's not very cool. <laughs> not very yeah, cool he's, he settles do. him down. Yeah. But then we get Salma Hayek and her iconic dance scene. This was great. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you enjoyed this. Um but yeah, she comes out, the audience is transfixed, all of a sudden a snake appears from underneath her cape and she does a little dance for the audience. Yeah. I did read afterwards that she needed therapy to over like she he talked to the therapist. Oh he um Robert Rodriguez did her dirty kind of. He lied to her. He, Why? Because she wouldn't didn't want to do it. Uh huh. Um. Because of the snake thing. Yeah. She's like I she have such a fear, fear of snakes. Yeah. I'm. I can't do it. I'm sorry, Robert. He's like, okay. Well, Madonna agreed to do this movie if you don't want it. Of course, when you hear that, oh, Madonna's gonna do this role. I gotta do this, which was a lie. Oh. So she. <laughs> but maybe she overcame her fear. So yeah, it, it worked. It, it, Those sessions, he did her favor. It's okay to lie to your coworkers. Yeah, <laughs> if we've learned anything, lies are okay. Yes, but it, and she did all the dancing herself. There was no choreography, mm-hmm. which you know, it's great. It's a it's a very memorable dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make me slightly uncomfortable the part where she sticks her foot into Quentin's mouth and like pours the Whiskey. booze. Yes, because anybody who's seen a Quentin Tarantino film knows he has a foot fetish. Does See, he really? Just watch his movie knowing that. There's always close-ups on feet. So that he wrote his fetish in the movie. Oh. A little 
questionable it for was, me. And yeah, and then he's the one getting it, the whiskey too. Yeah, it's a little. Right. Maybe if it would, was George Clooney's mouth, yeah. it wouldn't bother me as much. But, you know, still an iconic scene. Also, that's some clear ass whiskey. I thought it was normally darker. Maybe I don't drink whiskey. I couldn't tell. It's like, isn't it like a golden color or yeah, no? Like, it's like, like dark. Like dark, like brown. They just like, use water. That's what it looks like, honestly. That's what I thought. Because like, they end up, uh, Seth ends up doing shots. Like when with, she pours it from her mouth to his, it's very yeah. clear. And the shots they do earlier, because Seth does shots with the family, it's very clear. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just, they don't care. Or maybe They used water. all their special effects money on the stuff coming up. <laughs> so they're like, we're just going to use water. We, we're, we're, we don't have enough money for whiskey. But here I think the guy that George beat up out front comes in and starts causing a scene, right? Mm-hmm. And they start having like a, a little tussle. Things are going crazy. Seth gets st- does he get stabbed in the hand again? Right where, I, right, right yeah. where his gun shot was. Yeah, and the you think the brothers are, you know, they got the situation. They get into they get into action. They're ready to take down anyone. Then we see Selma like eyeing the knife with the blood or the mm-hmm. blood on his hand. Yeah, and then like you know the camera starts getting close on her. She's kind of like she's getting into it. And so now, did you? Did you know what was coming I, still? No, no. I figured she was somewhat vested in that. And for the guy to have been had the shit kicked out of him and now come back. Okay. There was something supernatural going on, but I did not expect. Because her face just suddenly turns into this monster, monster creature thing. And mm-hmm. then every stripper in the bar turns into a vampire yeah did not did not see that coming did not see that coming it's pretty awesome right i have it in my notes my jaw dropped i said what the heck and you got this great action scene now it's a massacre yeah i love a good massacre um i I love the little touch they did with the band because at first the band was playing regular instruments and now they have body parts it's As it's like a lot of fun. <laughs> like this is just Quentin and Robert. They're just like we're gonna go crazy on this movie and do whatever we want. Basically, like throats are getting sliced. People are being thrown all around everywhere. It's just craziness. Yeah. It's so much fun. You know, at this point, heads are flying. It's great. Richie's had the bloods. Some has been bitten and has sent some blood sucked out of him. So he's down for the count. The essentially the effects are really great yeah the scene where you have one of the vampires uh go for kate and somehow her, like the cross gets in his system like he yeah, swallows she, the cross she puts it she, down his throat yeah and i like how everybody just knows that they're vampires like a lot of movies where they don't know if it's a, like they just act like they never heard of a vampire or a zombie or whatever yeah. i'm like they're just like yeah they're vampires yeah. so she's like of course this cross is gonna work yeah which i love like it makes it more realistic one of the characters, they, they get they get into that same thing later on, too. They're like, I think it was Jacob said, how many of you have actually read a book on vampires? And like, no one has said anything. They're right. Like, eh, well, it was like, okay, well, how many of you are just reciting things you know from TV or film? Like, well, yeah. So I, I like how they incorporated that into it, too. Yeah, they're like, 
the one guy, I don't know if it's sex machine, he's like, well, what about silver? We can use silver, right? Yeah. And they're like, I think that's just, I think that's werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Juliet Lewis's character, she's like, okay, does anybody have any silver? No. no? no. Okay, let's move on. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <was> so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we have the scene, I forget his name, but the one guy who's like the war veteran, he mm-hmm. like flips a table over and just starts throwing all the stripper vampires on top, onto the, the, the steak. Yeah, make, like a makeshift steak, basically. Yeah. It's so badass. Yeah, this guy's an animal. So then now here you were like, okay, this is why we're covering this yes, movie. Yes, yes, this is this is what I knew. In these, you know, some of these great action shots, and then you know, interspersed with some comedy, you have Sex Machine jumping from pool table to pool table, and then only to see a vampire flying at him, and he just goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Normal he, he reaction. Yeah. Oh, and this other scene with the war vet... Where he's this kung fu fighter, too. <laughs> oh, yes. And he just he goes toe-to-toe with this other vampire and is able to just grab his heart from the vampire's chest. I thought that, that was so unexpected. Yes, and, that was good. And it's, like, still beating. And then they're, like, yeah. they, they put, like, a like a, a little stake through it. And then he just mm-hmm. dies instantly. Yeah, it's like a pencil they have or something. Yeah, and we get this other scene with Selma where she's kind of having a little fight with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to make you my dog, my slave. Welcome to slavery. And he's like, no, thanks. I've already had a wife, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, is so that. funny. I saw that was good. There's this one part, too, though, where like everything's kind of calmed down a little. There's like maybe like four or five vampires. It's like a standoff, like a mm-hmm. Western standoff. Yeah. We get this really funky looking vampire um, with like an open stomach because they deleted a scene where her stomach opened and then like um, decapitated somebody. It's in the deleted scenes. Oh. But I guess, you know, they can only get through the sensors so much uh, <laughs> graphic. it's pretty cool there's just this one one shot in this whole action mess too or I, I it was just one random guy he just just casually twists this other guy's neck he's just like walking through super cash yeah just, and he just keeps walking <laughs> and then we have seth's brother richie he turns right turn into a vampire but I like how, you know, he takes a little moment, but he's, like, automatically, like, okay, I got to kill you, very, which I like, because I think a lot of movies, like, they try and keep them alive and this yeah. and that, and not Seth. Seth knows what he has to do. Yeah, it's very poetic. And this is where the whole of Mice and Men thing comes to fruition. <laughs> yeah, it's something about, I'm sorry I couldn't give you peace in life, I'll yeah. give you peace in death, or something like that, mm-hmm. and shoves a stake through his heart. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Richie. And we also learn um, Sex Machine was bit, too. Yeah, Sex Machine and this is getting bit. the classic scene. It's always in vampire zombie movies a lot where the one person's hiding it. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Like, I like the, the one guy. He's giving, like, the speech about war. It's going on and on and on. And during this, like, Tom Zavini's character is just, like, slowly turning. Like, he, like puts his tongue up to his tooth he's got a vampire tooth and he's like oh shit his his hands turn and then i like the guy's still giving his speech yeah he's trying to hide it behind his back he's got his he's got his uh leather coat on right now so he's thinking he's good he's like no one will notice and one of the funniest things about this movie was uh sex machine starts hearing voices telling him to kill everyone but 
the voices just call out to him by sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> sex machine. That's pretty funny. That was great. I loved every second of that. But yeah, this movie, like, you know, it's pretty much balls to the wall once the massacre starts mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. So then sex machine, like he interrupts the speech finally and like bites, bites the guy. And then he ends up getting thrown. Well, there's, and there's bats too. Like, yeah, they hear a noise outside. And they're like, what is that bird? And Tots like, they're bats, obviously. Yeah. There's a bunch of bats outside. And we mm-hmm. just see like outside shot, which is pretty cool of all the bats swarming with the trying to get in. But somebody throws, um, I think it's a sex machine through the door. Right, letting all the bats in. Then I think so, yeah. And then the war vet, though. This, I mean, this doesn't bug me. I mean, this movie isn't that serious, but he turns awfully quick compared to everybody mm-hmm. else, and he's like some like mega vampire. Like yeah, he's like, like he's the boss. He's like <laughs> pointing to to where the guys are going. Like, but you know, whatever. It's not that deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's like a lot of like maybe inconsistencies with the vampires. Like some look a lot different than others mm-hmm. and this and that. But again, I think this was just Quentin and Robert just being like, we're going to do whatever we want, whatever looks cool. Yeah. And I'm on board with it. And then we, but then we have our father, get Jacob getting bit. Yes. Poor guy. Uh, and even though, so I thought he's a, he's a hero about it. Basically. He's he, like, you can either kill me now mm-hmm. or we can go out and kill as many as we can while I'm mm-hmm. still okay. Not turned yet. So I thought, you know, at first, okay, maybe since he was an ex-pastor, maybe the whole biting thing doesn't work on him. Maybe there's something a little special about him. I was wrong. But I thought maybe. And I liked how earlier they said uh, they're, like, trying to figure out how to beat the zombies. And, like, oh, yeah, crosses work. And they're like, well, we don't have any crosses. And then someone says, well, but I think it's Scott. Scott. Yeah, Scott. Scott finally came through for something. He's like... yeah, his delivery is fine. He's like, just put two like sticks together. You're fine. Like, <laughs> so then Jacob finds a bat and a shotgun and uses that as That's a cross. That's a pretty badass cross. That's a great cross. And he's able to ward off the vampires as he gets back to his, uh, well, his two kids and Seth. Yeah, they're like all locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like all the supplies from, you know, other people they've killed, all the truckers and stuff, which is cool. Which is where they finally realize, oh, that's why all the truckers are coming to this bar or are only allowed in this bar. Cause... Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then we get one of my favorite things in any kind of movie, which is a montage. A suit up montage. Uh, a montage of, you know, getting, getting the weapons together. Mm-hmm. Like they got super soakers with, um, you know, the holy water in it because mm-hmm. Jacob can bless the water, yep. which is cool. Yeah. Kate, Kate's got a crossbow. She's like a pro at a crossbow. Who knew? <laughs> the, uh, I think Scott's got uh, holy water condoms, water He's balloons, got, yes. holy water balloon condoms, which I thought was a great use of water balloons and condoms. Well, condoms and holy water, rather. Yeah. The, but Jacob then is giving this really heroic dialogue to his kids where like we're gonna do this but i need you guys to promise me you're gonna end me if when i if and when i well when i turn he knows his time is gonna right and they hesitate who hesitates more is it scott i can't remember Kate hesitates. it takes a second Kate, he has to he counts down from three two or he or he hesitates at first i think and then scott questions him because he says well you don't believe in suicide and Jacob says, I'm already dead. Yeah. Basically. So it doesn't count. And that's when Scott gets in line and 
realizes, you know, if his father turns, he's got to do what he's got to do. Oh, and then George has like this awesome, I don't even know what it is. He puts this big ass stake on this. I don't know what, but it's like vibrating. It's like a jackhammer. Yeah, jackhammer. Like Buffy could never. Um, (laughs) She should have taken some lessons. Yeah, I have no idea what this thing is, but it was was pretty cool. I love how Trucker's got a crossbow too. That's just kind of random. That is very random. (laughs) What are you hauling? Crossbows? Yeah, but they're going to go out there and fight these vampires, which is like insane because there's like, I don't know, a hundred of them it seems like. There's four of them. You can tell Seth is kind of developed a respect uh for jacob at this point right this is what kind of makes him likable is Mm -hmm. that you see that this family and him have some kind of mutual respect towards each other Mm -hmm. but then we get like this big final battle they're like throwing the condom water balloons like in their the vampires heads are like halfway gone melting i love that effect that was that was really cool you have seth stabbing everyone with his I don't even know what they call it. Drill, I guess. Uh, the jackhammer steak. Jackhammer steak. I like it. We're, we'll tra- trademark that <laughs> shit. Um, it is funny to me, though, like when I notice in these scenes when the vampires wait one after each other to like the one will be fighting George Clooney and the others will just wait in the background until it's their turn. Oh, you got to take turns. You, you got to take turns because, <laughs> you know, the movie would just be over. <laughs> It'd just be unfair otherwise. But yeah, we get some cool creatures like there's this like big bat creature that harvey Keitel shotguns to death and sex machine is back in action and we get like this awesome well seth has a whip basically and decapitates him and we get this rat creature coming out like why is this one vampire a rat i don't know yeah, again I didn't, I didn't do know. i care no because it looks cool it does uh, <laughs> i like how to give this movie a little substance they said earlier too how their heads were easy to rip off or something yeah their like that. flesh is very like mushy yeah so it was, it was kind of cool it came back into play <laughs> right yeah but this rat i don't i don't get it i but i'm about it I, <laughs> I don't yeah care. i just who knows maybe in this universe vampires when they're decapitated they turn into rats yeah pretty gruesome it looks thing. cool yeah and i like kate like she gets kind of her badass final girl moment where she like whistles to to the thing and she ends up shooting it with the um the crossbow i wonder if you get bit by a vampire that's turned into a rat do you turn to a rat a, a rat va- a rat vampire or you just a vampire bit? rat <laughs> quinn we need to know come on our podcast we'll talk about from dusk till dawn we'll talk about any other movie you want to come on come on down <laughs> you're the next contestant <laughs> and i stand death proof we'll talk about death proof <laughs> I like the one part, too, where Harvey Keitel, like, he's fighting with the... I just call him war veteran guy. (laughs) Um, Like, he puts the shotgun through him, and then he's, like, loading it and shooting the other vampires as they're coming around. It's pretty fun. Like how he just kind of completely disregards the cross, too. He's like, get that fuck out of here. He's like, I'm not religious, so... (laughs) This has no effect on me. And, like, the one part where, um, like, he goes to finish him off, and, like, he just he's basically gives up he's like okay i'm just gonna melt to death right here (laughs) you win then we finally have pastor father jacob turn into his vampire and he goes toe-to-toe with his son yeah all this is kind of upsetting because he pretty much he bites the son 
Mm-hmm. And then Kate has to kill her brother. Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's more great effects when Scott uses the holy water balloon condom on his father. You have his fat or his uh, his face, you know, half taken off. Yeah, it looks very good. Looks great. And Scott just gets like owned by a bunch of vampires just grabbing at him and biting him all over the place. This is when they realize maybe we shouldn't just attack one at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah so whenever the plot calls for it, then we do it. And this part was a over the top, but I still loved it when Kate finally kills her brother. You have this huge explosion, a random explosion. Yeah, like every like all they all. The Scott and the other four or five vampires that are attacking just explode. Yeah, just someti- killing Scott. Sometimes the vampires explode and sometimes they don't. But yeah, like there's like this little moment where after she kills Scott, like George Clooney comes up to her and like you get a sense he almost wants to say like I'm sorry yeah. or something, but then he's just like, Okay, we need to get back to business and we don't have time for this. So then they're all surrounded, like it seems like there's no way they can get out of this. Mm-hmm. That's when Seth realizes, oh, if we just shoot out, if we just shoot more holes in this bar, the, sun the sun's light. up now. Yeah. And as we all know from any vampire books we've read or movies we've seen, sunlight kills vampires. I do like the line. She's like, Seth, should I save the last bullets for us? He's like, no, save it for the next fucker who tries to bite you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're not going to go down until they kill as many of them as they can. Mm-hmm. This is the tag team that we need. I wish we just got in sequels with just Seth and Kate being um, vampire hunters. I would have seen. I would have watched that. 1,000 maybe TV series. You know, we're all about reboots now. Like in like and requels. <laughs> Give us a requel from dusk till dawn. Yep. You know, George Clooney's still working. Like, you know, he can direct it if he wants, if he must. Quentin can write it. Ooh, we could do a plot. Julia Lewis is still working. We could do a plot twist where George Clooney is like the master vampire at this point. Oh, shit. Yeah, like a time skip. Well, I guess it wouldn't, like, really wouldn't be a time skip. He's just old now. <laughs> <laughs> He's just old. Well, like, then I like the disco ball, like, makes all the vampires explode. Mm hmm. And I love how, like, mad George Clooney is to, like, his little criminal bosses. He's like, out of all the freaking places to meet, this is the place yeah. you picked. And he's like, I thought one place was as good as another. And he's like, my brother's dead. That girl's whole family's dead. Yeah. He's like, there's not enough money in the world that you could give me. You know, and he's like, okay, what about 25%? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they work on a payment scheme. Yeah, and his boss is just like, oh, you know, this place is out in the middle of nowhere, and it's open from dusk, dusk till dawn. dawn. <laughs> so I figured this would be a good meetup spot, which, you know, it makes sense if it wasn't just full of vampires. Yeah, it didn't work out too well. No. But um, one of my favorite lines is, um, like, what were those? He's like, what were those people, psychos? He goes, did they look like psychos to you? <laughs> psychos do not explode when sunlight hit them. I don't care how fucking crazy they are. <laughs> But yeah, then we get like a nice moment between Kate and and Seth where, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, I'm sorry, too. Like, I mean, none of this would have happened, though, if it wasn't for them right. picking them up, you know. Mm-hmm. But he does give her some money, which is a nice gesture to get home. I thought the two of them were going to write off. Well, that's really what did. she wanted. That's what she wanted. You want some company. She but says, it's very, that wouldn't have felt right to me with the Seth character. 
you know yeah he's like i might be a bastard but i'm not a fucking bastard Mm -hmm. like i I think he knows though this isn't the life that she deserves yeah you know to be on the run with him it is even though i do think he does care about her at this point she has no like he says go home kate yeah that was kind of sad to me too because it's like what home exactly (laughs) yeah that like well, I mean, she might have more family back home. I'm sure, maybe she's very close with her grandparents, and she's got aunts and uncles back home. But like, now you're leaving this poor girl to get go across the border, all bloodied in the RV that her father and brother were, had like right. bought or whatever, and they were driving all together. Like, oh, poor uh, Kate. Kate, vampire hunter. I'm telling you, like getting revenge. Ooh, I could see it. <laughs> we're well, we, we we're gonna direct this. Yeah, we realize Juliet be in our movie. Thanks. <laughs> this is not gonna happen without us and <laughs> you, the listeners. <laughs> and if they do make it and steal our idea, we want to cut. Yeah, so you heard it here first, episode nine of the Horse Dance Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that brings us to the end of our movie. Wow. Well, I like this last shot too, though, where the camera pans out of, and we see that the bar is like this temple. Yes. Which is very cool. Yeah. I do think like the sequels, like especially part three, I think part three is a prequel. Um kind of going into the backstory more. Um again, I don't remember how good they are. I don't think they were <laughs> up to this quality. We'll just say that. Probably didn't need a prequel. Leaving leaving the vampires just there as vampires is just pretty cool. I don't need to explain in this one. <laughs> I'm okay with you that. You usually like things explained. explained. I do. At this, this point you're like, no, I'm the, good. Yeah, like everything that happened. You even have a limit. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is fine. But yeah, so overall you were you seem to be pleased with this one. I I love this one. This was great. So I love the over-the-top action that was involved with it. The fight scenes were really good. Great practical effects. Great effects. Everything was really The good. fact that it starts off as one thing and then halfway through turns into another. The comedy that was in here, too. Good, kind of great. I mean, Quentin's great with dialogue. Yeah. And great dialogue. Just Performances just, are good. Sex Machine was great. Sex Machine <laughs> is an icon. Sex Machine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed this, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Yes, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Please like, subscribe, give us five stars. Follow us on social media at Horror Stands on Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Keep up on latest episodes. That's right. And we'll hope to see you for our 10th episode. Hopefully we got a good movie for you guys. I'm going to pick a really bad one, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pick. Nightmare on Elm Street remake. remake. <laughs> Nightmare, no. Nightmare Six, Nightmare um, Six. Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones to pick from. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>